0: I'm Damian Bulwa. Today's episode is hosted by Chronicle City Hall reporter Tricia Thadani. Here's Tricia.
1: Imagine this, a San Francisco desperate for jobs, one with a nearly double-digit unemployment rate, one without half the budget it has today. That was eight years ago and city officials were still trying to pull San Francisco out of the Great Recession. We finally have a chance to put into place a policy. It's 2011, and and this is Supervisor Jane Kim. ...to the Mid-Market Corridor and Uptown Tenderloin area. Kim Uh, represents Mid-Market and the Tenderloin. The Board of Supervisors are about to vote on a payroll tax break for companies that move to Mid-Market. But Twitter is the big prize, hence the nickname, Twitter Tax Break. It is a carefully tailored um, tax incentive designed to bring a host of improvements to this
0: area. More jobs, increased small business opportunities and supporting our
1: small businesses in this area, and a substantive community benefits package, which will help our district. So why a tax break for Twitter? The company is outgrowing its office space in Soma and threatening to move to Brisbane. With San Francisco crawling out of the recession, the last thing the city wants is to lose a high-profile company that plans to create thousands of jobs. The deal? If a company moves into certain buildings in the city mid-market district, it's excused from its payroll tax on new jobs for six years. The idea is that the presence of big tech companies like Twitter will revitalize a long downtrodden part of San Francisco. A win-win, right? Twitter stays, mid-market gets a fast-growing tenant. Supervisor Scott Weiner thinks so.
0: We in City Hall uh, do a lot of talking about uh, the importance of keeping jobs in San Francisco and creating jobs, about making San Francisco a better place to do business. And there's just an enormous amount of talk. And now we have an opportunity to actually take action and to put money where our mouth is.
1: But supervisors who are voting against the measure don't think this is the answer. John Avalos.
2: If we're going to be uh, allowing uh, a company uh, to threaten to leave and give them a tax break so they don't leave, uh, we're setting a really bad precedent uh, for other companies to do the same.
1: Ross Mirkarimi.
2: If you're going to go to the point of doing a spot zone tax
1: break for Twitter, then do a spot zone tax break for a grocery store in the Tenderloin area. David Campos.
2: The problem that I have with this deal is that as much as it provides some benefit to the Tenderloin, to mid-market, I do have concerns about the implications on other neighborhoods.
1: The Board of Supervisors passes the tax break, 8 to 3. Twitter moves into the old furniture mart on 10th and Market, and others follow. Uber, Square, Dolby. Over the next eight years, a tech boom hits the city. The mid-market tax break is not the only reason that happened. But just as the Google bus came to represent gentrification without exactly having caused it, the Twitter tax break also became a symbol, a scapegoat for the problems that arose from the tech boom. Even as San Francisco's budget nearly doubled and unemployment plummeted, the city would also burst with problems. A broken housing market, rising wealth inequality, more homelessness, street crime, and open drug use. But some say the Twitter tax break and other tax policy changes at the time helped jumpstart the city's rise. Here's former supervisor David Chu. And what happened, within a
0: few short years, there were over 100,000 jobs that were created. Our budget went from $6 billion to $11 billion, which is what it is today. Uh, And the revenues that we brought, we've been able to reinvest back in our community, including here in Bodecker Park.
1: Others say it caused more problems for the city. They say that the high-paying jobs that flooded into the neighborhood increased housing prices and pushed out longtime residents. As the measure approaches its May 20th sunset date, not a single supervisor on the current board is moving to save it. It's best, they say, to just let it wither away. So as the city enters a new chapter, one without the tax break, my colleagues J.K. Deneen, Roland Lee, and I spent the past few months digging into a basic question. Did the Twitter tax break work? I'll talk to my colleagues right after this. Welcome back to 5th and Mission. I'm City Hall reporter Trisha Thadani. Metro reporter J.K. Janine and business reporter Roland Lee are here to talk about the Twitter tax break coming to an end. So, J.K., let's start with you. So you focus on the streets and the tangible changes that the tax break may have jump-started and how the conditions in the neighborhood have and haven't improved. Uh, so to begin, do you want to first describe to us what exactly the vision that the board had in 2011 when they were crafting the measure?
2: Yeah, that it would become this bustling grand public boulevard, a showcase of the best that San Francisco had to offer. It would become this uh, mixed-use corridor with housing, arts, theaters, uh, businesses, retail, social services, that rows of empty buildings, some of which had been uh, vacant for for decades, would be restored and given a new lease on life, producing, uh, generating tax revenue for the city and making market street just feel wonderful
1: and to those walking down market street um it's clear that not all of that has played out um but but how much of it how much of it did
2: i mean definitely the buildings um uh many many buildings were restored and some beautifully restored the um the zendesk building at 1019 market street um is is gorgeous now the Hibernia Bank building the old State Comp Insurance building is now home to Dolby the um the uh SF Mart building the old furniture mart western furniture mart is now got this bustling marketplace on the ground floor and thousands of of Twitter employees inside i think if you walk down market street at you know 10 of 9 in the morning it feels almost like new york city there's mm-hmm. so many people rushing to get to work
1: yeah, but then they go into the office buildings and do they come out never they're not allowed
2: <laughs> to they have to stay there <laughs> so uh they get matters. they get their lunch there and their laundry done and their everything that they need yeah. and meanwhile um much of uh the condition in the street has has not improved, and mm-hmm. um you know there's there's a lot of problems um uh with transients with drug dealing with people selling stolen goods.
1: Yeah, so, so you spoke to some of the mom-and-pop shops there and the people that have been um, in the neighborhood for a while. Uh, do, you want, do you want to describe how they have felt about the changes in the neighborhood since Twitter and the other companies moved in?
2: Yeah, I think some of the pioneers who who showed up right when, when Mayor Ed Lee was, was making all these promises and having regular press conferences down there feel somewhat um, let down. Uh, they thought that things would be a lot better than they are um several of the merchants that I spoke with who had been super bullish on Market Street um are uh considering leaving.
1: Mm. And and who are some of those merchants?
2: Um well uh Huckleberry Bikes, um Brian Smith, who is one of the co owners of Huckleberry Bikes, is 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 possibly um gonna be uh leaving before his lease is up. Mm-hmm. Um the owner of World of Stereo, which has been there for more than three decades, is is also um, probably leaving in the next year or so.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I spoke with uh, Mooklas Martha from the world of stereo. Um, he was excited about uh, you know some of the the plans that that Mayor Lee had for for Market Street, but um, in fact, uh, his experience has been that things have gotten quite a bit worse. Um, he uh, struggles with um, dozens of, of, of drug dealers um mostly cannabis dealers um right in front of his of his business every day and with cannabis now legal um uh it, they really don't have anything to fear from from the police uh and so it's just more of a, of a nuisance for him as he as he tries to attract customers and and go about his day
1: it's getting really bad you know the the, the hangout the drug dealers you know, it, it kill kill our business. The,
2: we, you know we deal we deal with tourists also, and tourists when they see something like like the hangout, drug dealers, and what they do, they they
1: cross the street and they go on the other side and they they keep going.
2: So we lose we lose the tourist business.
1: So Roland, when this uh, tax break came up, how big of a draw was it for the tech companies?
0: So of course, the big deal is that it brought in Twitter, which is now one of the most famous companies from San Francisco. And that really helped legitimize the area as a tech hub. I mean, formerly it was more of a kind of civic center area, government, um, and bureaucracy, kind of office space area. Um, on the other hand, a lot of the biggest employers in the area, like Dolby, Uber, and Square, didn't actually receive any tax break because the buildings they moved into were still full back in 2011. So the companies I talked to said that um, transit, just being near BART was a big deal. Um, the fact that the area was cheaper than the financial, di- financial district uh, was also a big draw. And some of them, like Zendesk, had an emotional connection where the CEO actually used to stay at the Hotel Phoenix in the area and he liked the Tenderloin in mid-market uh, more than being in financial district.
1: Mm-hmm. With, with that emotional connection, would they have, do you think they would have moved to mid-market had it not been for the tax break?
0: Um, Zendesk said that You know, the tax break wasn't even a consideration until after they moved in. Um, It was more about just having somewhere that was cheaper, um, had good transit. And, you know, the CEO liked the vibe more than um, downtown. Mm -hmm. Here's Tiffany Apachinsky from Zendesk talking about why the company moved to the neighborhood. What was important was central location to transit because we were really only by Caltrain. And that was difficult. Of course, cost um, and real estate back then in this neighborhood was so inexpensive compared to everywhere else now and i say that because now real estate is just competitively expensive everywhere back then it was a significant
1: saving. so it's also important to note that this wasn't the only tax change at the time um so shortly after the tax break it passed the board of supervisors um, voters also approved a ballot measure to replace the city's payroll tax with a gross receipts tax Um, And the the city also waived the tax on certain stock-based compensation for companies that went public between 2011 and 2017. Um, But given those different tax changes, will the fact that the Twitter tax break is sunsetting have any sort of impact on the companies just wanting to stay in the city?
0: It doesn't seem like it, uh, because for one thing, a lot of the biggest companies didn't get the tax break at all. Um, Another thing is that rent is over twice as expensive now. In San Francisco, there's very few vacancies available. So even if they wanted to go somewhere else, you have very few options. And mm-hmm. uh, for example, Square, which is headquartered in Mid-Market, they actually expanded into Oakland because they couldn't find um, more room in San Francisco last okay. year.
1: So it's not like now we're going to see this mass exodus of companies from Mid-Market.
0: Yeah, I mean the few departures we saw, um, you know, were pretty small. Um, so Spotify left last year because uh, an employee employee was slapped outside um, their office on Market Street. I think by a homeless person is what we heard. Um, And then a few other companies like um, One King's Lane, um, they were sold after their business kind of faltered. But you haven't really seen any of the big companies like um, Uber or Twitter leave.
1: Mm -hmm. And then so in order for some of these companies to receive the tax break, um, those that saved a million on their payrolls had to provide some sort of community benefits. Um, so, for example, we saw Twitter create a community center near its headquarters called Neighbor Nest, where homeless families could receive services like computer time and child care. And then Zendesk, they opened up parts of its office to nonprofits and donated um, old office equipment to various nonprofits around the city um, so all in all, these there were tens of millions of dollars and scores of volunteer hours donated by these tech companies. Um, but Roland, will some of these companies now that they're not getting the tax break, um, will these community benefits continue?
0: Yeah. So Twitter and Zendesk both told us they will keep doing the benefits despite uh, the tax break expiring. And here's Carl Robyard of Twitter. Talking about how they renew their lease uh, at the neighborhood nest, we're really committed to actually deepening the investment. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think we really want to stay. I think San Francisco is seen as home, and this is the neighborhood that we're really rooted in. I think we would like to expand and imagine ways that we can scale this to other programs in the mission, mm-hmm. and other programs close to here.
1: But some of the people who I spoke to who are on the. That- Community Benefits Council. So there was this council that was created um, with the legislation for the tax break, which was then responsible for overseeing uh, the benefits. So they said there was actually the biggest disappointment for them. So Sam Jennison, a Tenderloin resident who I spoke to, um, actually chaired this committee. um, And he said that the agreements basically had no teeth. Uh, so when the companies um, either underpromised or didn't follow through on their commitments, the city really couldn't do anything. And he also said how, despite the millions of dollars that were donated and scores of volunteer hours that were performed by all these tech workers, um, the neighborhood's problems still crescendoed over the past few years. You know what J.K. was talking about earlier of the drug dealers, the lack of affordability, et cetera. And to put some numbers to it, uh, the homeless population grew by more than 1,600 in the area alone, um, according to the city's latest count. And then the median household income grew from thirty two thousand to thirty six thousand between twenty ten and twenty sixteen. And while that's a little bit of a jump, it's still just a third of what the city's median household income is. Um, and then, meanwhile, like J.K. was talking about before, you know, smaller restaurants and retail shops in the area um, continued to struggle with rising rents and rising crime and rising homelessness.
0: But we did get to see uh, some tangible differences. So we visited Twitter's. Neighbor Nest, where uh, kids can play and people can use the computer lab for free. Um, And here's one woman we spoke to, Emily Dunlau.
2: The kids love it. Like every every other month, they have movie time and also classes. I've been going to classes. I went to one computer class, and I'm going to the Excel class. And then also... um, I've been getting help, like like when it was income tax season, I asked them for help.
1: So it seems like the assessment here is that the streets are not great, um, but better than they were before. And companies moved to the area that likely wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but it also created a bunch of problems in the city that some feel like wouldn't have been there otherwise as well. So let, let's take a look at this in terms of economic impact. Um, here's a recent report from the city controller. In addition to the growth that happened citywide, Midmarket produced $6 million more in payroll and gross receipts taxes than it would have without the tax break. It also added 750000 in sales taxes. And looking at companies that were big enough to have to report their payrolls to the city, there were 59 that either moved to or were created in mid-market. So how does mid-market compare to the rest of the city in terms of economic growth?
0: So definitely the whole city uh, got more expensive, both for housing and office space. Um, I think Midmarket kind of went from a worse place to... Um, just kind of more on par with the rest of the city. So the vacancy rate for office buildings um, within the tax zone, it was as much as 50%, but for the whole area, it was about 20%. Now it's down to about 5%. Um, and also the office rents almost tripled from about $26 a square foot to $75 a square foot, um, which is it's still a little bit behind um, downtown, but it's a lot closer um, because compared to 2011, the rents were about 50% lower than downtown. Now, mid-market is only slightly lower than downtown for office space, but uh, less than 10% lower.
1: So at the end of the day, a lot of the people that I spoke to said that the tax break was more symbolic than anything. Um, it's you know They see it as a decision that cut much deeper than just money and instead prompted deeper questions um, about what kind of city San Francisco is and, and who gets special treatment and then who also gets left behind in the process. Uh, what about um, some of the people that you guys spoke to?
2: I think it's it's a mixed bag um certainly there's been more investment in the last uh seven years than there had been in the prior fifty years in terms of new construction in terms of housing being developed in terms of old buildings being repurposed for for new uses um I talk to arts uh leaders and and theater owners who just say that um that the city's uh focus on mid market has really uh, fueled an arts renaissance in the neighborhood. There's groups like Piano Fight that now uh, put on uh, hundreds of, of shows every year. Um, and it's become a real real arts cluster, in particular, the kind of eastern end of mid-market on the, the Tenderloin side. Um, uh, there's probably 4,000 new units of, of housing that have been built. And, and so that's all great. Um, the downside is that it kind of accentuates the 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 income gap in the city. Um there's more homeless people than ever. Um the the all of the new wealth in the neighborhood isn't really felt necessarily to those people who are struggling every day to to you know scrape together enough money for for lunch um or for their nightly rent in a in a you know single room occupancy hotel. Um, and so you've got luxury apartments at places like NEMA at 10th and Market. And then you've got um, just as many, perhaps even more poor people than there have ever been on Market Street.
0: I also think it's important to note that back in 2011, no one could have predicted how big this tech boom would become, um, especially this year with so many tech companies preparing to go IPO. And you know, definitely that whole technology boom was not because of one tax break. Um, you know, This was a pretty small area. Uh, of the city, I mean, downtown has, I think, something like ten times as much office space, and a lot of the bigger uh, tech companies are not in mid market. So, uh, I think the the impact definitely changed you know, these blocks, but um, the entire economy uh, of the region has been transformed, and it's not just because of this break.
1: So, despite having the chance to renew this tax, not a single uh, member of the board of supervisors was jumping to renew it this year. Um, but but is it? Is it too soon to put a definitive assessment on whether or not the tax break was successful?
2: I think a lot of the big changes, um, especially on the eastern end of Midmarket Street between 5th and 7th, um, have yet really to be realized. Um, there are the three, three big housing projects will deliver another thousand uh, units of housing. There'll be a couple more hotels. There'll be more new restaurants, new theater jobs for, for people in the neighborhood. Um, And so I think that by 2021 or 2022, we'll have a a real clear sense of what it all meant.
1: Our coverage of these issues is at sfchronicle.com. And thank you, Roland and JK, for coming in today. And if you're listening to this, take a walk down Market Street yourself and let us know what you think. You can tweet me at Trisha Thadani. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle podcast network.
2: If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing.
2: You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle.
1: There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.